0: Hey, I'm going to uh, have a few guys come up and join me right now. Uh, we are doing something a little differently today. It is Father's Day after all. You guys know that, right? Everybody knows that? Um, so I'm going to have a few guys come up and join us, just a few of us. And uh, Kyle, you can, oh yeah, Kyle's going to get some, yeah, go ahead, you can get your stools, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they're going to join us. I'm going to sit on this side because it's my good ear. But it's true, it's true. Although I guess it's amplified on both sides, isn't it? Thank you, Juan. Thank you for leading so well, man, and rolling with us wherever we go. And uh, super good. Um, Hey, so what we wanted to do, one of the things that we're committed to as a church, and maybe we haven't done recently as much, is uh, we have a core value that just simply says embrace the tension. And we add, I typically add, engage the conversation or elevate the conversation. And so often we tell people what to do up here, and the only thing we model is a, one person with a microphone. And so what you end up with is you end up with a bunch of believers, and they feel like the only way they can bring Jesus into their place or help people see Jesus is by having a microphone and shouting really loud. you guys know those people? And, uh, and then we get into Tuesday afternoon in a cubicle, and there's no microphone around, and we go, well, I don't know how to bring Jesus here. And so what we wanted to do is just model and continue to model, as often as we can, healthy conversation, generous conversation. Our dinner parties are committed to that, right? We meet every Wednesday night uh, to show two things. We want you to see Jesus in two ways at our dinner parties. Radical hospitality, that someone has made a meal for you, that someone has opened up their home to you, right? That's, That's just something that's not normal anymore. Should be, but it's not. And then the second thing is generous conversation, where people feel encouraged, people feel life, people can speak what they need to speak, say what they need to say, and yet they'll still be accepted, still be loved, and someone will engage that conversation with them. Amen? How many of you know we need more people in church and in dinner parties that don't believe what we believe? That's the only way you get people saved. That's the only way you help people see Jesus. So we've just got a few things that we want to do. I'm going to uh, have these guys introduce themselves by saying, by the way, I saw Jeff last night. I didn't tell you that. Remember Jeff used to run the place? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Saw my Roots. Awesome. You guys remember, anybody remember Jeff with glasses? He was the king of dad jokes. He really was, right? And I uh, saw him yesterday, and he was working on, uh, he's working on, he's retired, and uh, he's working on a, like a production play musical thing going on. And I am wearing my Father's Day socks, by the way. There's my self-portrait right there. Everybody see that? Uh, so I told them I'd wear them. They didn't believe me, and I did. Um... And uh, <laughs> I, I swear that's how I stand in, in my house. Um, is that too much? Is that what they call TMI? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to C3, where we shake the religious off of you. Um, <laughs> hey, so uh, I just want to let them introduce themselves. These are four guys, different seasons of fatherhood and, uh, and 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 some interesting dynamics as well. And so maybe you guys can do two things for me outside of telling them who you are although some of these guys might know you some of them may not I want you to tell kind of your state of fatherhood at the moment right kids how many kids kind of what the situation is and then one if you can if you can come up with this I know Scott this might be really hard for you to come up with one dad fail not like serious not like so easy this is meant to be a joke more you know so easy so that's good so um yeah, man, so let's start with Scott. These are all, these are, how many of you guys love these guys? Aren't they awesome? So, and we got a bunch of great dads, obviously. We could, we could easily do this with a bunch more, but I um, wanted to pull these guys up and give them a little opportunity to talk on the mic. So, yeah, go ahead, man, start it off.
1: So, I'm Scott. Hi. How are you guys doing? So, I have uh, four kids on the younger end of the spectrum, between eight and three. What?! Yeah. Sorry. Every time he says
0: that, know, it just comes out. It's just like, and, it's just natural. And a new and puppy. A new puppy. Hey. What
1: are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> Gosh. Um, and an amazing wife that none of this is, yeah. is possible yeah. to pull off near as well as it is pulled off without her. Uh, and dad fails all the time. Uh, the first one that came to mind was my oldest son. Uh, me and the boys are wrestling. And uh, only Lily... As soon as I say this, you're gonna know where this is going. Only Lily had lost a tooth to this point. She's my oldest daughter. So we're wrestling, and I'm, you know, the boys are jumping all over me, and I fling my arm back and I make contact. And I look back, and Levi is holding his mouth. And I look at him and I'm like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> I just almost like cold cocked him. And he uh and he takes his hand away and he's like Dad, I lost two
0: teeth. <laughs> oh, my gosh.
1: Hey, you I felt know what? So I, may have just
0: found, I just may have figured something out. Was this pre- or post-television destru- destruction?
1: Oh, oh gosh. Yeah, that's a whole other fun story. But I'm just saying, I don't remember.
0: He, he may have remembered, and your TV is now mm-hmm. no longer working. Yeah. So so it's
1: either revenge uh, for or, him breaking my brand-new Christmas TV, which I only enjoyed on for 28 days. Yes. Or uh, he's getting back at me. Yeah. <sighs> no, no. I'll go back to the 40-inch TV. That's fine. Fair enough.
2: Sure. Another, another sure. major, right? Yeah. Um, I'm Kevin. Um, I have two children. one who is my daughter. She is seven going on 17. And then I have a son, and he is one. So uh, different ends of the spectrum, and they are completely different children. I mean, completely different. Um, dad fail. So our first Christmas, actually, together. Um we got Nerf guns. This was fun. So, of course, growing up, I, I had tons of Nerf guns, super Soakers, all sorts of stuff, like it. anything. Like, I just loved it. And so we got some for, for the family, and um, I took the first shot. And, of course, I shot at my daughter, <laughs> and it hit her right below her eye, left a nice little welt there. Needless to say, we don't have Nerf guns in the house no anymore. No more Nerf guns. <laughs> uh, so, and I don't think they're allowed. I don't think I can even say the word Nerf around the house anymore, but... Yeah, there's there's plenty more dad fails uh, over you the years. You can come to my point. house,
0: we we'll play Nerf Gun, man. Yeah, thank you. I but know, but, but yeah, but that out. was just,
2: yeah, that was one. It was pretty funny. Oh,
0: man.
3: Well, I'm Brad. I have a six year old son, yeah. and um, I was trying to think of a good fail. I've had plenty of them. Um, probably the most recent one was my six year old's just now starting to learn to ride his bicycle, right? I think Brandon's already heard this story. But so we were out in an open parking lot. Uh, school on like a, you know, empty Saturday, Sunday or whatnot. And he's learning. He just started to ride that day. Of course, typical dad, I'm like, go off curb. Like you can do something more. Let's get hardcore into this. Right. So I'm trying to convince him that he can go off curb and he'll be fine. And I maybe don't explain that much and make sure he's understanding what I'm saying. So he goes and just starts hauling around the parking lot and it's just coming. i I'm just watching him. I'm thinking maybe he's got some plan in his head. He's going to (laughs) go up this, you know, sidewalk and then come down the curb because there's no curb for him to go off of. And he goes straight towards the curb, right? And he just commits, hits the curb, doesn't pull up on the bike, doesn't do anything, goes flying over the handlebars, (laughs) lands on the sidewalk, on the concrete. And I mean, at this point, he's not even like crying sad he is just mad you told me I could go off a curb <laughs> I did it I trusted you I dad trusted you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh anyways and I was like actually I told you, you could go off a curb but it's fine but <laughs> anyways but that's probably communication my part made your dad feel oh
0: it's awesome but he's still riding his bike hey, he's still riding his bike he's still riding his bike yeah
4: well uh my name is Kyle I've uh, been a dad for many many hours been about two and a half months my beautiful wife and beautiful baby daughter Uh, so dad fails I guess are very minute (laughs) compared to the rest of them. For can the... we ask Amanda about yeah, that? Actually, Amanda, <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. sure she's got plenty. We'll see. Yeah. a lot of them. A lot of them have just, just been like going places and forgetting the necessary stuff we need for. I a thought baby. you were about to say forgetting the baby like yeah, diapers, I thought you were too. and
0: I <laughs> did that twice, man. All don't don't even look at me. I did that. Just, yeah, no. I'd...
4: Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I do that quite often, and yeah. then, uh, yeah. In in regards to trying to get things prepped for the night, we have a humidifier, and and so like trying to get things ready for mama bear and, and everything i usually rush too much too quickly and, and so i'll trip and then like spill water and all of it, all yeah. that yeah so a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of dad fails. yeah minor compared to you guys <laughs> but only because of my time
0: oh man yeah all, just early all, all on my tu- all it my two and and just wait you think they're minor but she's gonna remember <laughs> um talking about emma so i uh I, I, my name is Brandon. I've been, I'm a dad. I've got a five-year-old and uh, just turned three-year-old. And I do remember, I think it was Kason. I think it was Kason. We had just pulled up to HG Supplies after church. I think we had a special guest in town. And we, you know, I, I pulled up, I dropped off Meredith and our guest. I don't remember who it was. Uh, and dropped them off and let them walk up to the deal. I turned, went and parked. If you guys have been in that parking lot over in West Bend, it's a bit of a, a challenge to find anywhere to park because everyone forgets there's actually a parking garage, and so I, so I'm trying to find, I finally find a parking spot, I get out, I walk up to the, the door, I open the door, and all I see is mayor's big eyes, and she's looking at me like, and I, and I immediately know I've forgotten something, <laughs> and, uh, and Mare goes, where's Kacen, and or maybe it was gray, I can't remember, it was someone who was small enough that they could not get themselves out of the car, and uh, we're just sitting there like, Am I just supposed to hang out? And, uh, and I'm pretty sure this is highly illegal, so don't, you know. But I look and I go, Kason, And I run back to the car, and then I get close to the car, and I do one of those, which is what we do when we, like, trip. I act like I did this on, like, nothing's wrong, right? Oh, yeah, I start walking, you know, like, no, we're good, we're good. Because I didn't want to get the police called on me, so I, like, walk around, I subtly, like, you know, open the door. I'm like, hey, bro, I'm so sorry, man, I love you. I was just, you know... And I take him back into the restaurant. It was, a good, it was a good it was a good day. I do remember the first time like a few weeks into having Cason, new dad, and I pulled into the garage <laughs> and I got out and I walked inside, threw on TV, sat down and was like, "Man, it's super quiet in here. Oh, Cason! And I ran back and he was still in the garage. so and it was only like been two hours, so I'm just joking it hadn't been two hours. It was like it was like two minutes, I promise. Some of you are all questioning why I'm the pastor at this point in time. <laughs> He's supposed to shepherd us. He's gonna forget we're even. Hey, real quick, I think this is an important conversation to have, and I, I think we're gonna we'll tie this all together because I know for some of us, our memories and our thoughts about fatherhood, either as us or or having a father. Aren't always good. For some of us, as we talk about fathering and fatherhood, we will have bitter memories. For some of us, we'll have amazing memories. For some of us, we just won't have memories. And uh, I think one of uh, something that runs deep in my family and and my legacy is is that call to raise up strong fathers, strong men who would love their family, to guide, guard and govern them, to to lay down their lives for them. And and I, I believe one of the great epidemics and one of the great issues of our culture and of our world is the lack of good fathers. Of men who would care and love and empower their wives and empower their children and protect and, get, and just take uh, whatever they need to and take responsibility for their families. And, and so I think it's an important conversation. And what, what has happened, I think, typically in our culture is we will go to one extreme or the other. In other words, we'll go to one side and say this needs to be corrected. And in doing that, we will say this was all wrong. So we'll say, oh, which should be done. We should empower more women. We should celebrate more women. We should give more women an opportunity to speak. We should give all that kind of stuff, right? And the church has been part of the good and the bad of that over the years. But in doing that, we've also overcorrected and said, well, just men are all bad. Right, and maybe not even intentionally, but that can kind of and so you've got young men wondering, what am, am I? Am I supposed to be proud of being a man, or am I not? Like, am I supposed to be all things? You know what I mean? And so this idea of going, hey, how about we elevate both at the same time, and how about both of them have power, both of them have strength, both of them have purpose, both things have, have a, 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 a strength and a sense of, of future, and so I think this is a good conversation to have. Uh, new fathers, uh, blended families, the whole, a lot of kids. <laughs> You know, all these kind of things um, and, and kind of learning from what that looks like. So I want just right off the top, and not everybody has to answer. We're not going to do this thing where you have to, each person has to answer every question. We'll just have a conversation as best we can with other people listening, you know. But if I were to ask you, you know, what does it mean to be a father in today's cultural climate, in today's kind of perception of what it is to be a man and to be a father, what would you say you've learned? What are the things that you would say, I mean, to be a father means This I love being a father for this reason. If I were to challenge somebody or encourage somebody, what is it to be a father for your kids and and maybe even uh, for other people, uh, young people who don't have a father, young people who need someone to look up to? Um, Yeah, what does it what does it mean to be that for somebody who wants to take that one on?
1: I have a list.
0: No, yeah, go for it, man. <laughs> All right, you ready? Why? You not have to be Is that how you, this is, that would not,
1: yeah, conversation. Here, I have a list over here. <laughs> well, I, I, no, I was thinking about it because it yeah, I I, I it's really important. And um, sometime maybe I'll get an opportunity to share with some of you, uh, one of the unique calls in my life is to be a, a husband and father. And I yeah. specifically heard the Lord tell me that when I was 12. Um, like some people are called to certain things. I know that I'm called to that. And it's an incredible part of my, you know, just my story. But um, some of the things like to me are to love and honor their mom, to be present in their lives, to help discover and then grow the seeds that the Lord has planted in them, Um, really to disciple them. I've got four little humans in my house that I get to disciple um, to ensure that they can stand on their own two feet and to pray for their salvation and their relationship with Jesus. I think those are things that. I mean, it's at the the very top of what I need to be focused on every single day with them.
0: So you guys don't have anything else now, right? Because he just, he just... No, that's well, good.
1: That's, well, it was yeah. a group answer. We all yeah, yeah, yeah. talked yeah. before. Okay, there yeah.
4: you go. I just want to kind of talk about in regards to where we kind of get our mentality for fatherhood with, uh, just because culturally, I honestly don't see a lot of... Um, areas that actually talk about fatherhood, like in mainstream media, uh, just movies, uh, TV shows, anything. There's not a lot of it that focuses on fatherhood. And to be honest with you, like for me, it's been truly grateful to be in a church family that has men that allow God to work inside of them and that they keep God in the center of their relationships and and to truly kind of um, just have stronger men and fathers that have been there already to kind of help encourage me and strengthen me and that I can lean on and seek advice for and so I think that that's one of the things being a father is like being open to seek wisdom and counsel uh, to those that you know you can trust
0: yeah that's really really good well Scott said something I want to kind of dig into and this we're already off things but what you said I I want to make sure that I'm watering or 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 Uh, helping grow the things that God has already planted in, in my children. And so what does that look like? And I know I didn't give you guys this question, so, but what does it look like for you, uh, as a father, as a man to, to make sure that you're doing your best to create, and I would say it like this, I would say you, you are one of the, you are one of the ones who creates an environment where the things in your child's life can grow and can flourish. So many times we think we're the ones that's supposed to somehow be under the soil, making it sprout. And really, we're meant to create the environment where God continues to work in the child's life. So what, is that, what does that look like to you guys when you think about growing that seed?
2: So I'm a big prayer. Like yeah, prayer is so powerful. It could be on your own. Um, it could be in in groups. It could be in times when things are all going well, when things are all going bad. It could be before dinner, before bed. doesn't matter. You wake up in the morning, first thing you do is, is pray. Like, how whatever. I, I just think that there's so much power in prayer. And yeah. I know that it hasn't always been that way for me. It took a while to get to that point. But I've seen things kind of happen. And so, in that, trying to lead. And my wife and I, we try to lead in that context of even though it's kind of uncomfortable at times to to pray and you know you can't really teach someone how to pray but just giving those opportunities to to our oldest child to say all right so so we're gonna pray we're gonna show you how to do it like we're all gonna pray each person's gonna just go you know go down the line and say something and you know like every night before bed we'll pray for her we'll pray with her um, pray over the family and just anything like, and just teaching her what, just say something, mm-hmm. whatever's on your heart, just, uh, just to do that. So leading by example, in that context of just kind of m- m- making sure that there's a relationship with God and that she knows that part of that relationship is, uh, is prayer because, yeah. you know, yeah. like God's going to speak to you, um, as long as you're willing to listen and yeah. you gotta, you gotta be prepared to, to to say something and to take some take some of that stuff on, but if you're not giving God those opportunities to speak to you, because you're always running a thousand miles per hour, then you're gonna miss out on on some promises and some blessings.
0: Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. And to elaborate on that, like, um, and back to what you're saying about once you see something and kind of pouring into that, uh, my son Noah, I know um, I've kind of shown him and led him towards um, a relationship. With the Lord, for the most part, you know his entire life been plugged in church and everything else. But, um, and that's hard in a culture like today where it's not always fashionable or cool to. I'm not necessarily saying to push them and make them do something, but a lot of what we're um, pushing today is just the open freeness of, you know, let them make their own decisions, yeah. let 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 them turn. 18 to decide if they want to go church at 18, you know what I mean? And not plug them into that at a young age yeah. or force anything upon them, you know, all this kind of stuff. So, but one of the things as I think as a father and our, you know, our, our, our leadership role is, is to do that very thing. Um, and it's, you know, it's so rewarding. I can remember just recently, you know, we went to bed and same thing. We, you know, get together and do a little read story time or whatnot and pray together every night before bed. And this was just a couple of weeks ago. We, I went to pray for Noah and he just started praying and pouring into my prayer.
0: Yeah.
3: Right. And so welcome to C3, if you're not familiar, but we pray together type thing, you know? So it's like one of these things that with, without me taking on my responsibilities, um, without me going and serving my church and getting plugged into my church, He would have never been shown that that may or may not happen at a later age. But without being here for team huddle on Sunday mornings and him repeatedly seeing that atmosphere, he just naturally took that on. And I think that's so important. But that's that's on us following through on our end. And what we're called to do. Um, And and in that he's being led um, at an early age to develop that, you know, relationship and see the, you know, the power in prayer. and, uh, And everything of that nature. So.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. That's I think that's one of the things that is a is a challenge, and you have to, as a parent, discern where you feel like is is the right way to go with it. And I think you're right. There is not a forcing of it, but there is an exposure to it. And I, I think so many times, we, when we say things like, "Well, I'm just going to let them," usually that comes back to, "Well, I don't want to go to church every Sunday." <laughs> you know, I don't want to be in. I don't. And what you guys are talking about, and we we've always said this, is that uh, your kids won't do what you say; they'll do what you do. And and so you could so the 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 reality is is that you could have them in church for the rest of his life, and at 18 he could still decide he doesn't want to go to church. But the scripture says is point a child in the direction they should go, and he will not depart from it. And you trust that God in it, even in a season where, because I would guess that there's some of us in here who departed from it for a season, we turned 18 uh, or 17. 13, whatever, and we're like, out, we're done. We don't want to do this anymore. But because we were exposed to him, because it was such a staple, and because it was an anchor for our families in a good way, um, we came back to it. We came home. And I think there, are, there is a part of this, right, that we had Mark and Bernie Kelsey, whose children are loving the Lord and pastoring incredible churches. And they've been at things for 40 years. There's a lot of people who've been at it for 40 years who kids are bitter about church and who hate church. And we asked them, we said, what do you do? And they said, well, don't over-spiritualize everything. Make sure you have fun. Enjoy it. Don't get too legalistic. Point people to Jesus. And I think what, you're, you, what you guys are ultimately talking about is you want your children to see Jesus in you. What you really want, ultimately, is that they see, and one of the things we talked about over the last several weeks is this word hope, right, this confident expectation. And as a father, whatever the situation is, whether you're staying home with your kids or whether you're coming home from work, whatever it is, we all have the opportunity to either suck hope out of the room or bring hope into it. What is the challenge for you as a father to make sure that when you're walking into the room with your family, with your wife, with, with your kids, uh, to make sure that you're bringing a confident expectation, a hope that is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ, right? And what does that look like to you? How, why, and why, maybe better, let's be honest and, 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 and truthful here, transparent here, why is it such a challenge, why can't it be hard at times to walk in the room and bring this, come on, breathe life into the room? Because I, I don't know about you, but that's not always easy for me. That's not always easy to walk Selfishness. In and, yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> there let you go. I somebody bring right. hope
3: to me when I, you know, we, we're all busy and we've been working. We've been doing our thing. You know, we're doing, we feel like we're just as busy. So, I mean, yeah. whether it's talking about marriage, children, I mean. I think just naturally, we're, we're selfish beings, so yeah. we we come home from the day, and when we're walking a room, we want, <laughs> we want people serving us, we want people pouring life into us after our drag day. Um, but like you said, I mean that's not what we're, we're called to be, you know yeah. we're, And what's, what's so naturally is awesome about children and, like I said, marriage, is I think they rids us naturally of that selfishness and lets us <laughs> yeah. um, turn back yeah. and be able to uh, put that aside and pour into our families for the, for the betterness of them and for um, our love for them and putting our selfishness aside. So,
4: yeah, I'd have to say, uh, it is being really fresh into it. Uh, it is extremely hard. Um, especially kind of like for us figuring things out. and, And again, if you have both parents, you know, in the picture, I think that it's, it's really, it's difficult to kind of know what your new role is as a parent and what our expectations are with each other. And, and knowing that, yeah, I may be at work all day uh, myself in just our situation, uh, where I'm at the office all day working and she's taking care of our baby girl, and she's also working at the same time. Uh, I mean, she doesn't even really get a break. And so that's one of the things that I have to be very careful about, like, you know, that I think that I may need a break sometimes, but it's like, all right, well, she's constantly taking care of her, so I got to do my job whenever I come home to be able to let her have a break and actually you know, take some time. And it's, it's just really difficult to let go of our own pride to then work together as a family and figure out what's going to work best for, for us and how can we make everything you know, copable and uh, benefit everybody and not
2: just one person.
0: Yeah. Wow. Unity. Yeah. yeah.
2: I think intentionality is, um, is a big deal. If you you want hope, you want to breed hope in your, your house and your family and on you know, even when you're outside of your house working and things of that nature, like if you want hope to just be all encompassing, you have to you you get what you put out. Yeah. You know, so you have to be really intentional about uh, about just how you're walking. You know, there's there we can't say, Okay, God, I trust you with this and you know, I know it's your battle and pray that and truly believe that. And then turn around and just like be down in the dumps all the time. Yeah. Like you have to walk, you have to walk, walk, walk it like you talk it. You know, like if you if that's what you believe, then you have to carry that. And when you carry that, then the people in your household mirror that, and then it literally just takes off from there. Yeah. Maybe,
0: and maybe some of this is to, to talk through this idea that the, the, the place, who you are in private, right? You practice in private. It, the, the things you do in private will eventually show up in public, right? And, and that includes public living room and public kitchen table and, pub, you know, the, and their habits and patterns and things that you put in place uh, that I, I think ultimately what we're talking about is, and I just keep hammering this, is this idea that we want our kids to see Jesus, so what do we have to do? We have to see Jesus. We, we Like, we, we have to become what we are looking at. And we typically do. We typically do become what we're looking at. It, and here's what I want you to, here's why I love this conversation. Because some of us checked out when we heard it was fathers talking about fatherhood. But I don't know if you've noticed Almost everything that's being said right now is something that all of us can model in our everyday life. Every single one of us can model in our everyday life. There, are, For every one of us, there are people that are responsible to us. For every one of us, there are people we can influence. And of course, I think there's a distinct call on what it is to be a father. But I also think that in all of what you're hearing is, all right, where do I apply these things into my world and into my life? How do I become that example? How do I bring hope into the world? What's the thing, and, and you actually touched on this, you know, being new to it, you're a bit uncertain as to what the role is and like what, what. Okay, how do we how do we work this out? How do we kind of figure this thing? And and you know, you add more and more people to the mix. Unity, I'm sure, is a fun thing in your household. Trying to get everybody moving the same direction. Hey, we're going to church. Oh, maybe we aren't. You know, it's this kind of everybody moving the same way. What is the thing? I think, again, I go back to this cultural climate. I do think about where we're at currently. And I think there's been some good things that have come out of it. But I also think there's some things that, that have maybe been challenged that were unnecessarily challenged. And uh, what are the things that you're having to learn about being a father? What are the things you have learned about being a father in kind of the be, becoming a father in this current day? Um, things that have helped you? Think, you know, sometimes we don't like the things that challenge us, but eventually they help change us and they help us become better at who we are and what we're about and, and maybe getting rid of old mindsets or old thoughts or whatever. So what are the things that you would say in this season have been challenged? And, and, and in some ways you've had to plant your feet and say, no, this is who we're going to be. And in some ways you've had to say, you know what? Yeah, there's something to that. I've thought that this is all about me or I've thought that I get to make all the decisions and I you know maybe there's some so so whichever one you want to lean on but what are the things that you're learning now as you're becoming a father and as you're growing in your fatherhood and you're growing in what it is to raise children and and love your family and love your wife what would you say you've has has challenged you the most or or you've been able to course correct the most um, kind of a big question but I think part of
1: chipping away at the question is, uh, you know, for me, I,
2: I've,
1: to, you know, be present in those moments, enjoy the moment, slow it down a little bit, take a ton of pictures, um, and be grateful for the time that I have to be a father. Um, and then also, maybe the second part of your question, to uh, just work really hard at Um, Taking the initiative to teach my children, um, alongside Becca, for both of us to teach our kids uh, what it's like to be a good steward of this life that we're given, you know, and not to depend on society and culture and school to uh, show them the ropes the right way. So,
0: Yeah. yeah. No, I think we, look, we are in a climate. We are in a culture where we we, will, we we tend to blame parents, but we tend not to give parents responsibility either. We tend to say it's all on education or it's all on certain infrastructure. It's all on, and when it goes wrong, we go, well, those parents, right? And we what we don't do is empower the right moments and the right things and go, hey, we need to give more time for them to just be a family. We need to give more, whatever it is. And I think all those things are supplemental. They all help. They all are Incredibly important. Our brave kids team is made up of of several teachers who have just, man, I'm with kids all week. I'm gonna be with them on Sunday, and they're great at it. And there's something they are gifted at doing. And yet, like you said, they are not the only ones. They're and they would say that. I would tell you that I would say the biggest complaint of teachers I've met has been, why aren't the parents more involved? And and going, we're in this thing together. Um, but we, as a culture, tend to think that it's all going to be fixed by technology or education or whatever. Um, if we just had more money. And the reality is, is what do you stewarding what you already have—the time, the resources, the finances that you already have—well within your family. Um, what else? Is there anything else?
4: I'd kind of have to say uh for me one of the most challenging things is is trying to um get, get used to taking care of another uh child yeah. another human being in our yes. household um there there's no correct way to do it but you know oftentimes we and me, myself and as men are very prideful and we typically think all right well there are certain ways I like to do things and I get into a routine and so trying to take care of this new baby I then start thinking oh, okay I'll develop a routine of how I do things and this is the correct way uh, of how to do things and and it's not the case for one it's always going to change for two if you have your other spouse with you um, you Gotta let down your pride so that you and your spouse can be united in how you take care of, um, you know, your children. Just because, like for me, it's like, all right, well, if she does things a certain way, I would get upset because I wouldn't do it that way, and then I would find myself disconnecting from the situation, whereas opposed to I need to lean in, support, and encourage.
0: Yeah.
4: And and that's been truly <laughs> testing and yeah. like very very weighing on my heart and challenging me and stretching me. Uh, Till I go with my pride to say, all right, well, how are we doing this together? You
0: know? Yeah. So good. I, I think there's, obviously, this is a bigger conversation, and, and there's things here that we could have dug into more and talked about more. I think one of the things that I would um, would say to all of us here is, and I think this is really important for all of us here, is that a lot of the things you heard here are not unique to fatherhood. A lot of the things you heard here are not unique to I Have Children, they're not unique to I have a spouse. I mean, even the principle of loving their mom does not is not limited to I'm married to their mom. I see too many situations where the other parent is dishonored or, or talked poorly about in front of the children. And that doesn't do anybody any service regardless, no matter how you slice it. Um, and, and I think what, what what we're challenged here in all of us is how are we helping people see Jesus in us? How are we helping people, whether it be as a father, as a mother, as a friend, as a roommate, as a coworker, as a boyfriend, as a girlfriend, as a, as a child? How am I helping people see Jesus? And it means making time. It means being intentional. It means being, doing the best we can. It means making sure we're seeing Jesus so people can see Jesus in us. One of the things that's really amazing to me is how people can see my dad in my kids like that blows my mind sometimes man that looks like your dad that looks and I'm like no it looks like me you know and and I have to remember there are times where I, people will call me and I'll pick up the phone and, and I'll say it exactly I'll go, hello and someone goes Paul and I go no 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 just praying and they go, oh you sound exactly like your dad and Jesus actually says this right Jesus says this a couple different times in John 10 30 he says the father and I are one John 14, he has this interaction with one of his disciples. He says, if you know me, you will also, and this is Jesus talking, if you know me, you will also know my Father. From now on, you do know Him, and you have seen Him. And Philip says, hold on. How have we seen the Father? Show Him to us. That's all we need, is for you to show us God. And Jesus replies, have I been among you all this time without your knowing me? The one who has seen me has seen the Father. And I think that's the that's that's really ultimately our goals. When we say this idea of seeing Jesus on every street and every heart is that people would see Jesus in you. And when they see Jesus in you, they also see the heart of the Father. They heart, they see the heart of God towards them. Right? That the, the whole idea here is that you would talk and they would go, wait, Jesus? And not because you are Jesus, but because the Holy Spirit is always and regularly shaping you and shifting you and turning you into more and more of the image of God. That Jesus is working in you to shape you into who he wants you to become. And it's as we look upon him that the Holy Spirit gets to work. We said this last week, when you elevate Jesus, the the Holy Spirit empowers you. And it always happens that way. If you try to elevate anyone other than Jesus, the Holy Spirit will go, I'm waiting. I'm just going to wait. But the moment you begin to elevate Jesus, the Holy Spirit gets to work in shaping you and shifting you and changing you and transforming who you are into the image of God. And I think it's important for us to understand we get our identity from Him. And I want, as a father, to give identity to my children, to give a sense of you. You are so valuable. There's something in your life. And that's where my wife and I work together in this project, this idea, this thing, which we won't do perfectly. But I want us to see Jesus and know that God loves us. And I want people to see Jesus in us and know that God loves them. That's what we want that's what this is all about. That's everything we're about as a church, is that people would see Jesus in us. And the only way that happens is if we see Jesus. The only way people see Jesus in us is if we see Jesus. If we are willing to put the time in and go, you know what, God, I'm just going to sit, and I'm going just like we did in worship, spend some extra time with the Lord. And when it's challenging and difficult, knowing that He's with you regardless. And being around people who will go, okay, let's talk more about that. Hey, let's have that discussion. And hey, let's go do life together. Because in that, we'll begin to shape and and grow and be increased and all those good things so I guess my question to you today is do you see the heart of God in Jesus because I think that was one of the, the primary reasons God sent his son was so that you would know he loves you that you would know he, he would give anything and everything for you Jesus on the cross is the greatest sign of love ever and yet he rose again so that you wouldn't just know he loves you but that you could live that way so you could live in response to the fact that he loves you. Amen. And in that, can people now see Jesus in you? can people see who Jesus is by the way you talk, by the way you speak and know that is not you doing it all yourself that is the Holy Spirit working in you I am so glad I have the Holy Spirit I'm so glad I don't have to do this out of my own strength or own ability but the Holy Spirit is shaping me and changing me and working in me to become more joyful to become more patient, to make better time to, to, to create an environment all those good things so whether you're a father or not um, you can do everything they just talked about there's a unique calling on fatherhood for sure. Just like all of us have a unique calling in the season and the place we're at. And in all of those places, we should become more and more like Christ. Because to be like Christ is the ultimate aim. Amen? To practice the way of Jesus. Let me pray. Lord, I thank you so much uh, for today. I thank you for these men. I'm so thankful for men like this and how across this